Are you ready, mate? <laughs> Is anybody ever truly ready? <laughs> And now we come to it at last, the Stadio podcast at Ringer FC, the event everyone's been waiting for. Well, is anyone waiting for this? Dude, tough luck, you're going to get it. It's the Stadios. The Stadios 2020. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm good. We would definitely not like to thank the Academy. <laughs> listen, listen, how Stadio is very, very proud to announce the second Stadios the awards, the finest things in football. This is the most coveted award of the year. <laughs> it, well, it's, it's, it's the, the catfish <laughs> of award ceremonies. <laughs> you know what? It may not be the most coveted, but it's certainly the last award ceremony of the year. I think it might be, you know. Who has an award ceremony on New Year's Eve? <laughs> People have got better things to do. Everyone else in the world has better things to do than attend award ceremony. <laughs> We'd like to do a disclaimer at the top of the show. Yeah, all of the winners couldn't be here tonight. Yeah, unfortunately. So we'd like to accept all of their awards on their behalf. Yeah. Also, um, another announcement. Shame. You'll notice there's an award, Catfish of the Year. No catfish were harmed in the making of this award ceremony. It's very important to say that. Everyone swims to fight another day. Absolutely, lives yeah. to swim another day. We'd like to thank the um, the sponsors of each of these awards. Um, actually, when approached to sponsor each of these awards we were turned down <laughs> yeah what the hell ruffles double crunch at yeah yeah so um so no, we could not Twice. We, we could not get the world's most prestigious brands to associate themselves with the catfish of the year award man ruffles really should, should have sponsored this because this is literally twice as much flavor twice, as last year's Thaddeo's awards we did five awards last year we did yeah goal of the year team of the year player of the year catfish of the year and Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. They were the five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, there are 10 awards. There are 10 awards. Before we got into the magic. But is this like, would you have to do like an opening monologue or something? Well, no, oh, if, hey, so I see so-and-so's here tonight. Well, you know, I would, I would say like, I would say that these awards are backed by popular demand, but as far as I can see, no one's actually asked us to do them again. <laughs> no one did. <laughs> In a ringer meeting, we were like, guys, we're doing the studios. They're really and they're good. like, okay. <laughs> and we were like, no, seriously, we're doing them. And they're like, okay. And we're like, yeah, well, we're going to do them. And they're like, them. okay, great. Do them then. And we're like, yeah, we will. And then they were like, cool. They can't and then we were like, all right then. They can't stop and us. They were like, see, same time next week. Yeah, fine, do it. <laughs> we need to do some admin. First of all, we hope uh, if you celebrated, even if you didn't, we hope you had a nice Christmas. Yeah. If you do listen to the podcast on a platform that allows you to rate and review, the biggest Christmas present you can give us is a review. Rating and a review. Preferably a five-star review. Because it really helps grow the podcast. There he is. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer for all your footballing needs on the ringer. There was an episode of Writer's House, end of year episode of Writer's House that went up this week as well. And our What If episode from Monday. If you haven't checked those, go back and check those. And then we will be back on the 4th of January with the same old football. We will indeed. Before we get into the stadios, Ryan, before we, yeah. why do you think we feel the need to commemorate such moments in football? What do you think is behind this? What, what's the... Because we needed to fulfill another episode. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we really didn't want to work over Christmas. <sighs> that was a slightly more prosaic explanation than I was expecting, but still... No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. Um, basically, well, because we're just ridiculous, aren't we? So why not? We're trying to create mythology. You know, like, you know... No, you have... we're not, though. We're not. No, because we, we were... Walk with me. Walk with... Well... I'm not walking with you. It's cold. <laughs> Any messages you want to pass on before we go to the awards? Or are you done? I will say for the, for the purposes of this one, of this one podcast, I will uh, return a maligned catchphrase in recent months. Many of you will have had a merry time over the festive season, a restful time. You're not going to do it, are you? And hydration may not have been no. the highest priority. It may not be the highest no. priority. All I'm, I'm merely making a suggestion. Go on. All I'm saying is, <laughs> moving on now. Coming up after the break, it's the second annual Stadios. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. 
Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Our first award is the Big Mood Award, a.k.a. the Energy Award, a.k.a. the Injector Award. So the meaning of this really is like when you look at a footballing event that makes you go, yeah, like that's how I feel. That's what I'm talking about. You know, you jab your finger at the screen and the start of that DiCaprio meme. Like, yeah, that's it. Like Tom I'm, Hanks, Green Mile meme. Yeah, I'm feeling mm. it. I'm feeling it. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Inject it. I want more of that. So vibes, footballing vibes, basically. So what are our nominees? The first nominee, Meza Ozil's tweets. <laughs> the, world's, the world's best paid social media expert. Meza always seems to pop up with a majestic tweet at precisely the right time, just when you're expecting it. He's, uh, he's got the most lols created. This season. Expected lols. Expected lols. <laughs> <laughs> expected lols. Do you think the expected lols of an average stadio is three and a half? Well, take our laughter. after. Not point two. I know, we just laugh at each other. I know. Yeah. Everyone else is at home just completely just straight face being like, this is dreadful. <laughs> I'm glad they're having a good time. Ozil's <laughs> <laughs> tweets. The next nominee Ralph Hasenhuttle getting tearful at fans. This was so lovely. So which moment really captured it for you? Which was the event that really captured it for you in relation to Ralph? It was, it was uh, the, the first home game they played with, with fans there and he went to say thank you afterwards and he just seemed really genuinely overwhelmed that they were back and it just meant a lot to him and it was very, I mean, it was, a, it was more of a wholesome, if there, but there wasn't a wholesome award so we've kind of like lumped in the wholesome stuff into this. But, but that's the thing, I think, I think it's beautiful as well. I think that, that definitely deserves to be... Um, yeah, in the, in the running for for the um for the big mood, and it was a big mood because you know we're a bunch of softies. I said, yeah. well, can you be a bunch if there's two? We're a pair of softies. Yeah, we're always hyping, we're hyping stuff tonight, so let's call ourselves a bunch. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm, I'm a crier, man. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so next up, QPR players scoring and taking a knee against Millwall <laughs> for Black Lives Matter. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> I just big um, yeah, it was it was a big mood though. It was like they're making a statement. And I really rate it. Yeah, next up, next nominee, Vivian Miedemar. <laughs> Vivian Miedemar's clothing for the FIPRO Awards. Take us there, Ryan. Paint the picture for us. So if you've not seen this, there's an amazing video uh, that Lisa Evans, Vivian Miedemar's partner, also an Arsenal player, posted when Viv was getting interviewed for the FIFPRO Best of Awards. <laughs> or the FIFPRO Best or whatever it's called. She made the team of the year. And so it's done uh, on laptop. She's at home. And if you watched it on FIFA TV, you can just see Viv. She's wearing like a kind of, kind of like a nice top. Looks very smart. But then obviously it's big Zoom call working from home energy. Where <laughs> she's got like these Christmas themed pajama bottoms and comfy socks on underneath. <laughs> and, and Lisa posted a video of it being like, you know, when you're getting an award at eight, but then you're in bed by nine or something. Like <laughs> it was just so amazing. And to be honest, it kind of sums up, I think it summed up Viviana Miedemar in a nutshell. Yeah. Like in a way where she kind of, she's just doing this because she has to do it. She yeah. doesn't really give a shit. She wants to go, she wants to go to bed in her Christmas PJs. And it was just so funny. I, loved I was it. crying I loved when I it. I love it because it was, yeah, you're right. It's so in character. It was just so human. 
This award, by the way, has the most nominees. It does, it does. Of any other award, yeah, yeah. the rest of them will have three nominees and a winner. Yeah, but we are so four just, nominees. We are going to talk about it anyway, but still, still. Tokyo, oh, Tokyo sound like us. <laughs> That's like me. Um, <laughs> final nominee, final nominee before we announce the winner. Yeah, by the way, the winners don't get announced in the nominees. Yeah, because they're so fancy. The final nominee is Leon Goretzka <laughs> going topless with his beach body, flexing, basically bench pressing the Champions League trophy in front of the cameras. I just love this for him. I think it's amazing because he clearly pays attention to all the trending topics on the internet. He knows what they're saying on Instagram. He knows what yeah. they're saying. Yeah, he knows. And he's like, this is for the people. He knew that was going to be a mood. Yeah, it was a, it's a big mood. Flexing topless with a body like that, the Champions League trophy. I, I've just realised I want to throw in a, 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 a final nominee. Oh my goodness. The screenshot of Daniela van der Donk in the recent Arsenal Adidas commercial where she recreates the, the BBC <laughs> kind of like timeout thing. Her face is just the mood of 2020. It's this unbelievable. A- <laughs> so I'm throwing that in there as a last minute nominee. Done, it's done, it's done. All are welcome in the enclosure. Uh, incredible. <laughs> What's the winner, Musa, of the winner. first ever <laughs> Big Mood Award? The winner is Marcus Rashford, <laughs> not only defeating the entire British government to provide free school meals for the UK's children, but then going on and scoring a hat-trick against RB Leipzig in about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All in a week's work. Just light work, like lightest work. The biggest mood, of, the mood of all moods. Yeah, the week that he caused the government U-turn, right? Yeah. On his free school meals proposal. And the week, then... Yeah. And the week that all the ministers attacked him on Twitter. Yep. Aired their tweets and everyone was like, stick to football. He's like, mm, since you insist, and went out and stuck to football. What a Champions League hat trick. <laughs> like what? He came off the football pitch onto Twitter and then sent like really gracious tweets. Just absolutely played them. Yeah, absolutely. Played him like he played Nagelsmann's tactical setup. No doubt. Beat the press. I'm sure out of every, after everything he's achieved this year, I'm sure that winning the first ever Big Mood Award of the Stadios will be the highlight of his year. Exactly. Congratulations, Marcus. No You're doubt. a good boy. You're the best. We're proud of you. Right, I'd like to go on to another new award. Yes, yes. Our second award of the evening is the Prop Joe Award, <laughs> which is awarded to the individual who has been responsible for probably the slickest move up of the year. Yeah, like who do you look at and be like, that person has absolutely finessed that position in football. It's like, oh, okay. So the nominees are Stefano Pioli. Yes. Managing to get his contract extension because he was done. He was out. Rangnick was announced. The tweets have been all ready to go. Tweets have been dispatched. And then all of a sudden, Pioli started doing well. Yes. He started doing really well. And he started doing really well. And then it was decided that Ralph Rangnick would not be joining AC Milan and that Pioli got a contract extension. And he has blossomed. Improved, yeah, blossomed since. I mean, top of the league. They're Play. in the best position Gorgeous for ages. Football. Gorgeous football. Yeah. Yeah. Props to Stefano Pioli. Our second nominee is also a Serie A nominee. <laughs> Andrea Pirlo getting the Juventus job. Ooh, because Andrea. <laughs> I tell you what, if he didn't have that hair and that beard, I do wonder. But what hair and what a beard. And doesn't he look great as a manager though? He does. He actually likes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks spectacular as a manager. He I does. Think. He does. It's a big come up for him. And he's learning on the job, but uh, there have been some signs of improvement recently, I think. And yeah, that's true. That's true. I want some kind of excitement in Serie A. Yeah. But I want PLO to succeed. I don't want him to fail. Absolutely. And at the same time, he absolutely finessed that job. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he only, he had only taken over the under, like the under 17s or something like a couple of months before. Yeah. And was like, oh, actually you're getting the big gig. Oh, okay. I mean, we like you very much, Andrea, but you did take the elevator straight up. You did not take, you did not take the stairs. Another nominee is Keir Drabchen's transition from a mere super agent. <laughs> The head of recruitment at Arsenal Football Club, by the looks of it. That is... <laughs> how he's done Unbelievable. How he's done... I mean, it's actually... I mean, it's wild, isn't it? It really is wild. Do you know what I reckon he said when he went in there? He spoke to Edu, he spoke to Stan Kroenke, he spoke to Josh Kroenke, and he spoke to uh, Vinay and Tankersham. 
And he was just like, you stay boring, guys. You stay dead fucking boring. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. He went in there with that, with that kind of level of confidence. That's what I think he did. However, there could be only one winner, I think. I agree. You have to announce the winner. The winner of the inaugural Prop Joe Award for the slickest move up of the year <laughs> is Ronald Koeman. <laughs> what, what on earth? Oh, okay, so let's. Ronald Koeman gets the job at Barcelona. Mm hmm. Immediately lays down the law to Leo Messi. Rumours that he says special privileges over for Messi. Suarez is out. Power struggle happens. And Kuman's patron, Bartomeu, is forced out of the club. <laughs> and Kuman is still there. Fair to say that he's struggling. And I think, you know, we've all noticed the moment when the wheels began to fall off for Kuman. it was the footwear. When a guy rocks up for a gig he probably shouldn't have got, and decides to wear sockless loafers. Carpet cruisers. In my opinion, displays an obscene lack of respect. Carpet crocodiles. You know those ones where you're like, they could actually be like creatures, just cruising through the savannah of the carpet. See, there, was, there was a guy who needed to be dead fucking boring. Uh, yeah, he made that too interesting. Too I much saw noise, the, I saw too the much heat. Too much interest, too interesting. Too much interesting. Yeah. He's doing too much. You're doing the most. He's doing too, he's extra. Very extra. Ronald Extra Kuman. Too much ankle. Yeah, too much. <laughs> too much ankle. Next, to the next category of the 2020 Stadios is the goal of the year. Oh, it's a big one. It it's is a indeed big a big one. one. So the criteria for this, should we talk about the criteria a little bit? This? Yeah, so we want to make it clear this isn't a Pushkas award. This isn't a, an award for the best goal that is, has been scored this year. It's an award for our favourite goal that has been scored this year. Absolutely, absolutely. and. We have some nominees. Yeah. So in some cases, we've erred towards important goals, brilliant goals and important games. All the goals are brilliant, technically brilliant. Mm -hmm. And some are just mind-blowing. The first goal is the extraordinary Joshua Kimmich chip for Bayern Munich against Dortmund, the 1-0 win that effectively clinched the title for Bayern. Mm, Beautiful goal. Classic yeah. at the Westfalen. Oh, unbelievable, unbelievable. The second goal in another crucial game was Sophie Ingle for Chelsea against Arsenal in January 2020 and Chelsea's 4-1 win over Arsenal, which was extraordinary strike, um, top of the box. Crash into the top corner. It was a lovely goal, that. So the third nominee is Joel Vedemeyer. Wolfsburg against Eintracht Frankfurt. The goal I call the Doctor Strange because this ball swerved in and out in space and time. And the commentator actually said, no, nah, that's not dangerous. <laughs> then it was very dangerous. It <laughs> <laughs> became very dangerous. This ball moved about... 10, 15 yards way. in the air and about three decades in space time. Um, <laughs> it's extraordinary strike. Yeah, Big tenet goal. Unreal. And the winner is Erling Haaland in the Champions League for Borussia Dortmund against Paris Saint-Germain. Has to be. It has to be. It has to be. So this is a goal that you absolutely adore. I adore this goal. I and I think this goal for you is, I adore this goal. And for you, I think this goal is actually spiritual. So yeah, talk us mm. through it. Well, <sighs> It makes me emotional thinking about this goal yeah. because it's just after PSG have equalised at the Westfalen Stadion in the first leg of the Champions League last season. There's something about it where it's Hummels plays a pass into Gio Reyna. Yeah. And then it's the, it's the whole thing from then on, basically. Reyna's pass to Holland, the shot, the noise of the net, which we now, get to, we now take for granted, but rarely heard. There was obviously the Abbey Wambach header in the World Cup against Brazil yeah. in 2011 that made a similar sound. But the noise of the Westfalen was just was pure goosebumps. Yeah. And then it was the celebration because it was kind of pandemonium. And obviously Holland at this time had only been there a few, had only been there really like a matter of weeks. And it then the camera cuts to the, the celebration where he's kind of laying on the floor. And as it cuts to him laying on the floor, you see Witzel and Rayner jump into shot like two excited puppies who were just kind of like they can't believe what they've just seen and the commentary is amazing on it the German commentary is just you know basically it kind of explains the move and then when he he does this you'll hear it obviously but he does this almost like Optimus Prime voice where he says super tour 
Yeah. And then he goes high again. And then he's, you know, he basically says the 17 year old to the 19 year old and Dortmund lead again, kind of basically. And then um, it's just, it's just amazing. It's like, it's, and the thing for me is that when I did my Champions League final piece for the ringer, what's, what was supposed to be a Champions League final preview, it ended up being solely about that nine or 10 seconds because on a serious note, now watching that goal back, it seems like another, it seems like another world. I know what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. So it took on this really, because it was just before, obviously they played the second leg behind closed doors yep. and then everything got shut down. So it took on this kind of more of an, an emotional and nostalgic element whilst only being from this year. And I just think it's, it's probably the most perfect nine or 10 seconds of football in terms of, what happened, what, the, what it resulted in, and the, the whole package. And also what it symbolised, because for me it was like the beginning of possibility. It was like, that was the night that Dorman began to believe. Mm. That night, you know, again, like we can talk about how crowds affect um, a team and what the result might have been if they'd had a full crowd at, at the Parc de Prince. But it just felt like for that night, it was like Dortmund believed they could do it all. Mm. That, it, it felt like that, you know, you never know with the second leg, but the fact that PSG went on to the final, there was a path there for Dortmund. There was a path there for them, but there'll be a path again. But yeah, I love that shout. And I just want to shout out Jan Platter, the design commentator mm. who did the commentary on this because the commentary makes it, I think, there are a few different versions of this goal going around, but this for me is the commentary that kind of makes the whole thing. So we'll go to a quick break and then we'll be back more studios. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, three down, seven do to go. Absolutely. And uh, some absolute crackers to come. Let's the get straight first into yeah. angry goal of the year award. Absolutely. And what a terrifying list of nominees. And the first nominee is probably the, the first identified goal of rage. Yeah. And a very recent one, Sebastian Aller's overhead kick against Crystal Palace. Oh my goodness. Sebastian Haller, so... A tough time um, having come from Eintracht, like a few of the players that left, like Rebic and Jovic have had different fates, but not the best of fates having left Frankfurt. Um, and he's probably struggled. Actually, no, him and Jovic have pretty much tough time of it. Comes to West Ham, hasn't done that well. And in the last few weeks has shown what he's really capable of. And this goal against Crystal Palace is technically brilliant. Mm. Hit with astonishing power, but even greater fury. And he scores this goal and jogs off and his face is rigid as scaffolding. And he shrugs off his teammates who come to celebrate as if they're radioactive. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. It's like he's, it's like he's taking off a dirty shirt. He's like, get off me. He's like, take, get off me. It's unbelievable. I, I want to shout out um, my friend, Eddie, who's a, who's a West Ham fan though, who actually messaged me just to remind me that actually that's just kind of the way he celebrates anyway. Maybe he's um, always angry then. Maybe he is, yeah, yeah. But, maybe he's, um, well, Eddie, maybe he's always angry. <laughs> Didn't look happy. Uh, shouts to Eddie, by the way. He wrote one, yeah. of the, one of the two people behind the Dot The Me art studio in Manchester. Yeah, shout out, shout Good out. People. And great to see, listen, just Eddie, great to see West Ham doing their thing. Yeah. Really well now. Shout out to Moyes. David Moyes doing very well up there. Second nominee, Jamie Vardy versus Sheffield United. Yeah, so Jamie Vardy, the story behind this is, so he scores a last minute winning at Sheffield United and he was on the books of Sheffield Wednesday when he was much younger. He scores the last winner, goes through on goal, no doubt about it, hammers it in the corner, and rushes the corner flag, and then basically like snaps it about a quarter of the way up with like a double-footed tackle. I mean, it's 
Is it an angry goal? Yes. It's also a nasty goal. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of rage behind it. So on ethical grounds, it's probably not acceptable that it wins the overall award. No. Because this is a family show. Stadio is a family show. We don't want to encourage, you know, we don't look. Unfortunately, a corner flag was harmed in the making of this award ceremony. Um, but we do not endorse the harm of corner flags on this show. The third nominee is Tobin Heath against Manchester City. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> Manchester United press Lucy Bronze, I think, in the right back position, who kind of tries to play a square ball that gets basically not even cut out by Tobin Heath. She just runs onto it, doesn't take a touch, hits it first time into the top left. I mean, did she hit it or was she trying to bruise it? I, 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 think, she I, I, trying to, I think she was trying to, to catapult burst, it. To burst it. <laughs> and an angry celebration as well. I mean, <laughs> absolute fury. Great game as well for a start. Rips this ball. Yeah. No, you know it's danger when the ball goes in at the near post and no one blames the keeper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because normally it's like the keeper, the comment is, oh my God, should have, should have done better or should have covered a near post. No, like, no, take protective action. Everybody, <laughs> everybody down. You know, it reminded me of, you know, when Darth Vader Uh-oh. is coming after the, the plans for the Death, the Death Star plans have been stolen and Vader's coming after them and he walks down the corridor and everyone's just scattering. It felt like that. <laughs> everybody duck. <laughs> everything scatter. Yeah, everything scatter. Fella Kuti, everything scatter. However, there can be only one winner of this award. That's correct. It was the goal that bore the phrase. Angry goal. Yeah. The original angry goal. The OG. <laughs> the G-O-A-T. My goodness. Vivian Miedemar against Reading is our angry goal of the year. The fifth in Arsenal's sixth one win over Reading. And the context of this goal is really great because she just missed an absolute sitter yeah. before and was just kind of like, it had big like, fuck this energy. Like, right, I'm going to miss a sitter. I'm going to absolutely smang one in from outside the box, off the bar as well, which made it, obviously, we all know it's better. 2.5% better if goal goes off the bar. And, and a bit of an angry, an angry celebration as well. And it should look like, should look like, let's get the hell out of here and onto the team bus. She, she was about no. to walk straight off. Yeah, walk straight off down the tunnel. She looked like a parent who had found her kid after looking for her for ages because they'd missed their curfew. Yes, that was just... <laughs> and dragging them home. <laughs> right, you, home now. Bed, straight away. Teeth, then bed. That kind of energy. And it felt... It felt vaguely, not, it wasn't an existential goal, but there's something about it that mm. felt philosophical. It felt like, what I would say, it felt like this is a day job. This is a real job. We run up and down a field of an afternoon and slash the ball into the net. What, what is this for a living? It felt like that, like she was contemplating the futility. So yeah, I think that's absolutely the, um, the angriest goal by, by a distance, actually. By a distance. I agree. Um, so congrats, Viv. You yes. deserve it. I'm sure of, again, all the awards that she's broken and all the awards she's won this year, this will obviously mean the most to her. Yes. So congrats, Viv. If you could pass the news to her people, that'd be much appreciated. So next up is the award for the most stylish footballer. And this is what we call the Ballon Drip. <laughs> so ridiculous. So oh ridiculous. I can't believe I agreed to this one. We had to, we had to. I, I would have walked out. I think this is my greatest misstep so far. Yeah, but I, I would have walked out. I would have walked out if not allowed. Yeah. Let's just get this over with because it's the most, let's get this over with. So like, <laughs> you know how there's always one Oscar that people just like skim over really fast? Well, we won't name it because it's offensive to the recipient, but there's, there's always right, one. Right. We know it, we know what it is. We all know what it is, but it's, this is that I one. Don't, I literally don't. But anyway. This is that one. Okay, all so right. the Ballon Drip. The nominees are Ricky Pooch for actually tucking his shirt in. <laughs> because actually, as you said many times, there is nothing cooler and more serious than a tucked in shirt. No, what I actually said about Ricky Pooch was that you know you are a player or you have to have some belief in yourself right. to walk into that Barcelona side at that time, at that age, and be like, I'm going to tuck my shirt in. The absolute energy that that gives yep. off. Like Kirantini, for example, another famous Tucker, right? Yeah. But he's from Glasgow. He didn't care. It's right. a different thing. Ricky Pooch is coming into like a star-studded, star-studded side 
in a bit of turmoil and he's like, I'm tucking my shirt in. Order to chaos. I rate that. I rate this. No, it's a big, it's a big style move. It's a big style. You know, for a fact that Vidal was just like, what's this guy doing? And when he, when he was just like, I'm tucking my shirt in, Vidal was just like, whoa, whoa. Okay. Okay. We back off. That's why Vidal left. Apparently. Couldn't deal with, couldn't deal with the energy. Because it's game time, isn't it? It's cool. It's like calling game in the game of basketball. Like it's like calling game. So next nominee. So Ricky Pooch is right there. Next nominee. Vivian Miedemar's outfit for the fifth Pro Awards interview. <laughs> the, first, the first, the first thing to get nominated in two different categories. Absolutely incredible. I, I mean, mean, it just had to be. I mean, we know all about, yeah, you know, the pajamas, strongest pajamas in the game. Mm-hmm. Third nominees. Joint nominees. Joint nominees. Dom and Tom, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Tom Davies. <laughs> <laughs> These boys. These boys. Okay, so I need to tell a little story. A few months ago, actually, I bought two two plants at the same time, <laughs> and I named them Dom and Tom because I put them next to each other, and they're very smart boys. So, and they were named after Calvert Lewin and Dominic Calvert Lewin and Tom Davies. So, they come as a pair, Dom and Tom. And what I love about them as well that that pair of plants and here's a segue has shown tremendous growth in the last few months, as have Dom and Tom. Yes. So yeah, they're a worthy third nominee for this category. But the winner of this category, the winner of the inaugural Ballon Drip Award has to be the only Hector Bellerine. It's got to be. It's got to be because this man, not just, just, yeah, not just the most stylish individual in football in terms of dress, but is actually curating collections. And just not just stylish in terms of clothing, but individuality and what he stands for. And like, you know, Evan talks about cool, cool. Actually, yeah, he's a beautiful man and he wears beautiful clothes, but actually he's got the guts to say things that he believes that are unpopular. Even stuff like mm. starting a podcast, right? And talking about the way that footballers talk um, about the game, about life, about social stuff, just the guts to actually inspire conversations. To me, that's like the guts of cool. He's not afraid. Yeah, to he's, in his, he, yeah, yeah. he's in his own lane. Yeah, Hector, he's not afraid to the fact, exactly. I think also that if you look at the kind of, the stereotypical like drippy footballers. Right. It's a different thing for him. I don't think he was an, an originator, but I think he was, he's really kind of opened the door now for that kind of genuine alternative non-footballer drip. Because everything else is quite generic, whereas he is like, there's a different way to be cool and do this. Here's my analog camera, my disposable, you know, and it's just like, cool. So yeah, shout out to Hector, much respect. Much, Much respect, Hector. Staying on the sartorial theme. Yes. We move on to another inaugural award. Yes. Which is the Best Dressed Coach Award. My goodness. So this comes with a disclaimer, because a lot of people get this twisted, I think. Best Dressed Coach doesn't necessarily mean that if they wore that exact outfit on the street that they would look stylish. This is a different thing. This is in the context of being a football coach or a yep. football manager. No, because otherwise you just, like, no one would win, really, or maybe a couple of people, tops. But that's kind of it, you know. They would, but the outfit conducts, I think there's something about this, that the outfit conducts the mood, right? It's like yeah, a, I mean, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. I literally wrote a piece about the psychology that it gives off, like yeah. the psychological impression it gives off. So it's not necessarily the most stylish person in the world. It's like, actually, in terms of what they're trying to channel as a football manager, this is really this is the one. And how they're trying to interpret and also dictate the mood of what's yeah. the surroundings. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I genuinely think, for example, that if Arsene Wenger was still managing, he'd be up for this award. Yeah. Because he always yeah. looked incredible. Like, yeah. he always looked incredible. Obviously, people are going to joke about the zips and all this kind of stuff, but like, very well-fitted suits, sometimes with a cardigan, sometimes with a jumper, just always looked immaculate. Yeah. He would have been up there for best dressed, I think. But yeah, anyway, the nominees are, and this is going to, I think a lot of people are going to let them come. Let Raise them come. some eyebrows at this. Let them come. So the first nominee is Scott Parker. Yes, I love this for him. And the reason that Scott Parker is the nominee is because loads of people gave him loads of shit on the first day of the season against Arsenal. Yeah. But I really appreciated what he was wearing because it reminded me of Ancelotti at Napoli. Yeah. And it was quite a classic look. A load of people said, oh, he looks like a school prefect and stuff like that. The thing that let him down was the height of the tie clip. We've discussed this. However... He's recently switched to a roll neck. He has indeed. 
which is improved Fulham's performances on the pitch, and yep. therefore thus proving my theory of the psychological <laughs> impact that managers get up and have on their players. Yes. So don't listen to them, Scott. Do your thing. What, what was it you said after the, the, uh, the playoff final? You know, I mean, I'm going to go home and have a Chinese. <laughs> Amazing. Bruno Labbadia. Classic. An outlier in the Bundesliga. Sharp fitting suits, sometimes with a sharp, ja- sharp jacket, a smart jacket. He kind of always looks like, um, looks like a McGann brother <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> Bruno Labbadia. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Another shout, because I dare Time, you to timeless. find... Timeless. This is, see, I genuinely think that for the men's game, this is the gold standard. Yes, I agree. During his time as Italy manager, Roberto Mancini has looked immaculate. Immaculate. Beautiful touchline get-up. Beautiful suit. Super well-fitted. The Italy national tie, the Italian national tie is, is unbelievable. The shoes are incredible. The overcoat is amazing. He's, and his hair is still great. It's ridiculous. He looks like an actor playing a football manager. Yeah. He doesn't look real. Like, no, he doesn't. You would struggle to cast a better looking man of his age to play Roberto Mancini. You would struggle. Mm-hmm. In fact, he might just be like, look, I'm charismatic. I'll play this. I've got the first touch. I'll play this myself. Yeah. However, the winner, just because of the sheer aura you know when you add an aura, when it creates aura and energy and it's having an impact on the pitch as well. The winner of the Best Dressed Coach 2020 is Casey Stoney. It has to be. The fits repeatedly are so genuinely terrifying in terms of the image that they project. Everything matches Everything's kind of like fitted really well, but also it's like, this doesn't end well for any She's of you. She's not dressing for us though. This is the thing, Ryan. One thing I want to say, I, I think this is an incredible award to Casey Stoney, who deserves it. She's not dressing for us. She's dressing for the Rebel Base on Tatooine. She's yeah. like, here, I'm coming for you. Like this, she's dressed like the star killer. Mm. That clothing is so imperial. It's a statement. It's a reckoning. And you look at this and it's working. It's working beautifully. The way that they have been playing, they went from surviving to thriving this Manchester United team. And the way they've incorporated elite players into a very good squad, but also a hardworking squad. The way she's gotten to buy into the ethos. And what's impressive about her is, you know how um, it's tough with managers. Sometimes managers have this thing where, and this is weird with her, right? Normally a manager who's that imposing in terms of the dress code overshadows the entire team. But she's got this really interesting thing where she deflects attention and channels it, but it's also about the players. Mm. So if I watch Manchester United, I see the individual narratives of so many of the great players on the pitch. Zellum, Heath, Press, they're all their own fully formed players' personalities. They get their own shine. It's really weird. It's, does it make sense? It's, the great managers with the sideline presence have this thing where they're able to get their attention but not make it all about them. And she does that really well. I yeah. think, you know, I think it's because she conveys absolute certainty. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Certain death. <laughs> Nothing more certain than that. <laughs> it's the way they're beating teams this year. Like, hmm. <laughs> it's like you knew what this was. <laughs> Manchester United are a disturbance in the women's super league force, man. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> All right, man. Back with another award. Final four awards. Here we are. Next awards for team of the year. The nominees. Atalanta. Always watch Atalanta. Although they really tried their best to change that. They did. They, they started the year in astonishing fashion. And the reason they're here really is because they have been a beacon for the way football, I think, should I feel it should be played, we feel it should be played. And there's something quite poignant about the fact that they went on this amazing Champions League run, despite being from Bergamo, and they carried, you know, the emblem of great football, really, the banner of great football, really proudly. They really slipped for a bit, but they're finishing the year strong. So shout out to them. They've been amazing to watch. And just, I mean, 
we could shout out individual players, but you know, Gosen, Zapata, Ilicic, Gomez, they've all stepped forward, Malinowski, like different level, all of them. So shout out to them. Next nominee for team of the year, Lyon Femina, who swept all before them again, winning another Champions League on the bounce, just when everyone thought they might run out of gas. And they came through with their strongest performance of the tournament in the actual final mm-hmm. against Wolfsburg. And Wolfsburg, you know, a strong team, but it was just, at every given point in that final, Lyon had an extra 20%. So shout out to Lyon Feminine, had been nominated for this. Third nominee for team of the year, Liverpool. Winning a title for the first time in 30 years, despite COVID, comeback getting it done, the record-breaking start to Premier League season, just astonishing all around. Amazing, amazing team. Jurgen Klopp at the helm, doing a wonderful job. And this team is just a credit because it's not only that they won, it's how they won. They won with class, they won with style. But the winner, the Team of the Year Award, 2020 Stadios, has to be Hansi Flicks by Munich. Got to be. Got to be. Where they were in November 2019, compared to where they finished the season, was unrecognisable. What I think we do quite well on Stadio, not wanting to blow our own trumpet, but we tend to reference a lot of stuff that we got wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember we did an episode where we said that, and I think I mentioned this when they won the, the, the treble, there was a question that we had about you could take teams from other leagues and put them in other leagues in Europe. Where would they be and where would they come? Mm. And at the time, maybe October 2019, November 2019, this was, we said that Bayern would probably not finish top four in the Premier League. Right, right, yeah. That's how much of a state they were in. They were yeah. in a state. Right, they, they looked, were. they really weren't clicking at all and they looked completely lost. And this looked like it could be the end of a, a big cycle. Yeah. But for a number of people, Dortmund were the favourites for the Bundesliga last season. Yeah. And a lot of people genuinely thought they would win it. That is how much of a turnaround Hansi Flick has achieved at Bayern. and. Yes, they're buying. Yes, they're a super club. Yes, they are obviously operating on a number of different levels to a number of teams in the Bundesliga. But to then go and sweep aside pretty much everyone in Europe as well and then win the Pokal and then win the Super Cup. Five trophies this year. Yeah. But yeah, congrats, Bayern. Yeah. Thoroughly deserved. Uh, the next award is for Player of the Year. We thought long and hard about this one. Yep. Whilst we didn't hate the Jordan Henderson winning Player of the Year award last season in the Premier League, we went for another Liverpool man. We did. And we wanted to give a nod to Sadio Mane, who we think has just been brilliant again all year. Extraordinary player. Penilla Harder. She had an amazing season at Wolfsburg. Yeah, extraordinary. The four against Glasgow City in the Champions League. Lights out in the Fran Bundesliga as well, all season. Yeah. All season long. All season. Moved to Chelsea. Integrated very, very well in terms of the movement, the touch, the goal scoring. Probably the best player in women's football this year. Probably. I would say as an, in terms of an overall year, yeah. I would say yes. I say, that, I say that's true. Third nomination for this person. Viviana Miedemar. Has to be. What more can you say about her? She's just incredible. Perennial She's just incredible. Yeah. yeah. I, I genuinely think that the records that she will leave behind when she retires will probably never be beaten. This is how far she is going to eclipse anything that we've seen before in terms of for Arsenal, for the Women's Super League, and for the Netherlands. How often do you see a player who is the best 10, arguably in world football, and the best and nine? The best nine, yeah. How often do you see that? No. Who's the winner? The winner of. Stadio 2020 Player of the Year. Oh, by the way, I should say, Viviana Miedemar won our inaugural one last year. She did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, she was our Player of the Year last season. Uh, last year, sorry. Uh, the winner of the 2020 Stadio Player of the Year is Robert Lewandowski. At the age that he's at, he continues to improve. He's, just, he's, like, he's like the football in LeBron. Yeah, great shout. Just shows no sign of slowing down. No sign. I love the LeBron shout. There's no, you're right. He will go when he chooses. 
He will absolutely go when he chooses. He'll step down from greatness when he chooses. He's a better player now than he was when he joined Bayern. And he was amazing when he joined Bayern. He's something else now. Yeah. He conducts the entire attack. Yeah. You know, we look at the, the turnaround that Bayern had. It doesn't happen under Flick if he doesn't hold them together in autumn. He basically ran that attack the entire autumn. Mm. He was on like 10, 12 goals and everyone else is on like three. Mm. Two or three. Yeah. Extraordinary player. Congratulations, Robert Lewandowski, yeah, on being amazing. our 2020 Player of the Year. Amazing. Next up, Coach of the Year. I like this. Okay, so nominees. First nominee, Casey Stoney for the remarkable job she's done at Manchester United. Keeping United up, but then bursting to the top of the Women's Super League. Not only being a team that basically was going to make it tough for other top teams, which is what they were last year to an extent, now being a genuine contender and being legit, like really they're the real deal. And whoever doesn't take them seriously should be worried. So an amazing job by Stoney up there. Still unbeaten. And to integrate, like, I, like we said before, to integrate new signings. World Cup winners. Seamlessly. World Cup winners. I think this is the thing, if you think that like Manchester United and Spurs both came up the season before last. Right. And the difference in their trajectories already. It's unbelievable. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Um, Casey Stoney nominated there. Second nominee. Jurgen Klopp over at Liverpool. It has to be. Uh, just everything. Just, you know, someone, to be a Liverpool manager, I'll say this very briefly, is to understand the city and the town, the village, you know, because Liverpool to me is so many things. It's not just, Liverpool is simultaneously a village, a town, a city, a community. Does that make sense? A country, it's, a republic. It's a country, a republic. It's all of those things. And he gets it. It's a, sta- it's a, a city universe. state. He gets all of it. Yeah, it's an ecosystem. He gets all of that. There was a comment he made recently where he said, oh, you know, they, they say in Liverpool about growing up. He said, made a comment about what it meant. And it was almost like he was using a local proverb. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how many times do you hear a manager come out and use a local proverb who's not from the place? Mm. I love that identification. So for him to win, I loved that it was him that won the league title because Liverpool have that thing about the adopted son, don't they? Like they have people that come from outside like Shankly and they become adopted sons. And I feel like he's an adopted son of Liverpool. So shout out oh, to him. Incredible yeah. job. Incredible job. Jurgen Klopp nominated for our coach of the year. Next nominee, Emma Hayes at Chelsea. Mm. Oh my goodness. Just the shrewdest of tactical minds. An extraordinary mind. Um, and the way she coached Chelsea, seeing Chelsea beat Spurs 1-0 the first game of that season. Yeah, you've, you always talk about this game. Yeah, because it was like, you see it. It was the scaffolding. Mm. Everything was there. Everything was there. It was like she'd built the fundamentals and it was like, all she had to do was add the garnish. I remember watching the game. This team is going to eat other teams and they get going. And so it was. And she just outthought everyone, including the great Joe Montemurro at every turn of that season. And to yeah. me, just had to be had to be a nominee. And that's no disrespect to the champions last year. She was absolutely locked in. So yeah, shout out to Emma Hayes. But the winner, Stadios twenty twenty Coach of the Year, has to be Herr Hansi Flick. I mean, like we said before, man. Like from where they were, and yes, it's Bayern, and we know, and we know, and we know the caveats that will come with that. But from where they were to when they ended, five five trophies. He almost got my. He almost got if it had been this calendar year. He would have got a nomination for Prop Joe because where he came from, mm. you know, he was, a, he was an assistant mm. to Yogi, you know, don't get me wrong, but we've seen so much the challenger going from number two to number one. Like, I only would say the Prop Joe if it'd been last year because, not because he finessed it, but because that leap to take on, and we know that, you know, yes, he was a buy-in player. Yes, he knows the infrastructure, but it's still to come into the dressing room and to channel everything because Kovac couldn't do it. He had had experiences of number one that obviously had that stint at Hoffenheim and stuff like that. Like he'd been a number one before, but I th- so I think that... This, yeah, but it's a different... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do mean, I think, yeah. I think he was just really good at kind of making it not about him. Yes. As well. Well, I've told this before, my, one of my favourite moments when they celebrate the Champions League victory mm. and he stands back from all the players, doesn't go anywhere near the trophy until everyone's done with it. And then he goes can you get a photo with us? Mm. And he's there with the technical staff going, can you get a pic? And it's like, he's like a proud parent allowing the players the room. And what I love about Hansi Flick is not just he won the trophies, you discussed this in the previous nominations, but 
not just that they won, but how they won. His bravery in integrating new players, it feels egalitarian. It feels like if you're good enough, you'll play. If you're, you know, it doesn't matter. Watching him uh, in one particular game, they were like two, three nil up, and they missed the chance to go four nil up before half time, and he looked furious. And I was like, I love that. Mm. That right there, that perfectionism, that lack of complacency. You know, the great coaches are always looking to make adjustments, always looking to improve. And that for me is why he is the, he's the elite. There was one blip on his resume for this year for me. And that was the Hoffenheim buying game that got stopped because of the hot process. Right, right. However, obviously he was at Hoffenheim. He, had his, he has a relationship with that club. Yeah. Don't, I didn't agree with his stance on that, but I think it was in the circumstances. You saw where it came from at that point or, right. Yeah. We've seen that before though, haven't we, with coaches who get put on the spot. We saw that with Steve mm. Kerr in China, where you have a coach yeah. that you really respect and root, and root for, who makes a choice in the moment that we can step back and be like, they shouldn't have X, but in the moment when they're on the spot. Yeah, I mean, everyone's done it. Like every coach has done it at some point. I think it just reminds us with these awards that like coaches are such figureheads, isn't it? And it's so mm. important. I mean, like one of the biggest things that Klopp did last year was talk about British politics. Yeah. And the future of, you know, the UK after the referendum. And he was like, you know, we, we shouldn't talk about these things. We can't. And then goes on for 20 minutes to talk about it. And I'm like, I love this yeah. man. I yeah. love this man. I love this man. So yeah. Congrats, Hansi Flick. Congratulations. We're on now to the biggest award. Yeah. The final award. You know what, Ryan, can I just say, before actually we, we do this award, I want to just uh, take a sip of black coffee and take a sip of the old O2. O2? You're sipping oxygen. I can't actually mention hydration in this podcast. I've got to lie, don't I? So yeah, let's get into it. You're a strange man. Well, yeah, you're stuck, <laughs> stuck, you're stuck with me now. You're stuck with me now. The final I'm, adding, I'm adding you into this nomination. <laughs> <laughs> so the nominees for Catfish of the Year. 2020 <laughs> Catfish Cat- of the Year. The nominations are Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> Just... Oh. Guys, Cat, I mean, talk about Catfish, a team that promised, an outfit that promised so much, mm. that of which so much was right. Failed to deliver. Failed to deliver. Well, no, no, that's not true. They did deliver. <laughs> just not yeah, just expected. not in the way what was expected, yeah. <laughs> oh, Dortmund. Oh, Dortmund. Oh, goodness. The second nominee is the North Carolina Courage. <laughs> they got us so excited. <laughs> They absolutely, 100% record. <laughs> we in should have the, known. In the first rounds of the NWSL Challenge Cup, went into the playoff, <laughs> went out in the first round to the bottom seed. Everyone was tipping them for the final. <laughs> to win it, and then they went out. Oh, the courage. That was a really fun tournament, that, the NWSL Challenge Cup. Here's the thing, sometimes... It was absolute carnage, and the memes were just unbelievable. The thing is, Ryan, sometimes when football begins with poetry, it's going to end in tragedy. (laughs) The third nominee for Catfish (laughs) of the Year. Catfish. Uh, No, not this year. (laughs) No Everton in the nominations this year. No Everton. So the final nominee for this award is basically here because they just have to be. They have to be. They announce themselves. They force themselves into the podium. And the reason they're in here is because they've been on a journey this year. (laughs) Their whole existence is existential at the moment. (laughs) The Arsenal men's team. Do you know what's funny? What's funny, Moose? Tell me what's funny, eh? So you know, like, you know, you say how Arsenal is the only team that's not actually a, a location. Mm-mm. It's like, it's, it's, a lo- it's not a location. All the it's, not named, it's not named after a geographical part of the world. Right, now that's of, the thing. You know, you're like, you're like in, a, in Marvel, where they're like, Asgard is not a place, it's a people. <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal is not a place, it's a people. And I think it's the only club you can actually say it's existential, actually. But what, what other club in the world can be 15th in the league and drop the most hype Adidas commercial. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Like, if you watch the Adidas, put it this way, if you're an alien, right, and you're passing Earth, 
and you see the Avidas thing beamed into space, the, Ab- the first person on earth you want to talk to is Mikel Arteta. It'd be like, take us to your leader, take us to President Mikel. You will assume that someone in charge of an organization that cool is running the entire planet. And they'll be like, he doesn't even run the Premier League. He doesn't even run North London. He's on North London. Oh, oh, oh. The reason that they're in here is because they did show real genuine signs of improvement under Arteta. They did. They did. A lot of it was eye test. Yes. Because the numbers, a lot of the time, weren't great, but they were being masked by good results. Yes. yes so yes. it was a bit, the, so essentially, the reason that they're in here is because even their results were kind of catfish. Yeah. They won the FA Cup, which is obviously like massive considering the, the context of the season. And yeah, they basically just, they just catfished everyone. They did, including themselves. Yeah, I think they do. I think they were, they, they were, they were such big catfish that they catfished themselves. <laughs> and that is some going. It pains me to say this because obviously I want Arsenal to be great, but it's like I said, you know, with kind of. No, we can't solve the problem until we diagnose it. And if Arsenal have done anything this year, they've at least allowed us to diagnose them. So they are a nominee for the Catfish of the Year. I mean, if it was a pet, you'd be taking it to the big pet shop upstate. You would. <laughs> oh, uh, where's oh, Ar- where have Arsenal gone? They've gone to the uh, big football league upstate. <laughs> However, the reason that they didn't win Catfish of the Year is because we have another winner. We do. The winner of our Catfish of the Year award, it was so nailed on <laughs> that we didn't even really need any other nominees. We didn't. Its catfishery was sustained. <laughs> it was relentless. It's still going. It's still going. <laughs> to the bitter end. To the bitter end. The 2020 Stadio Catfish of the Year Award is... 2020 itself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is no way that we could have awarded any football club or any football team the Catfish of the Year award in the year that has been. You couldn't do it. It's, it's, this, this year has confounded, fooled, frustrated, bamboozled, overwhelmed, nullified all of us. And it started so great. It started. <laughs> what did I say at the beginning of the year? So for, for those who like know me at a personal level, like 20, I didn't have the greatest 2019. And I was just saying to Musa, I was just like, oh, Stad, you know, by, by New Year, <laughs> when 20, you know, uh, I'd, been on, I'd been on the phone for Guardian Football Weekly. And then I made my Football Weekly debut just before New Year, I think it was. Uh, and then I went on, um, on the continent. Shouts to the Ramble Boys. I went on the continent with Lars and Andy. Yes, it was going so well. My first podcast appearance of 2020 was, I think, on the continent. And I was just like, oh, you know, Stadio's ahead of schedule in terms of like the numbers and stuff like this. Like, this year's going to be great. And let's get real. I mean, obviously, we have been very lucky that we've been able to do this this year and sustain it, let's say. But in terms of everything else, <laughs> it has been, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's, up, it's, it's been, it's been very, it's been, it's, it's, <laughs> it, reminds, it's, it reminds me of you know, the, Bat, the Batman movie when Jack Nixon plays the Joker and everyone's all happy that he just looks at the camera and goes, wait till they get a load of me. <laughs> I just feel like 2020. It gave us that nice, blissful, blissful January. So many good things, so much good football, so many vibes. And then on into February, like some exciting vibes. And then, then it came for all of us. It came for all of us. And things weren't perfect in 2020. Like a lot of bad things happening all over the world, it, you know. But the acceleration, the acceleration of terrible things. And this actually is why, you know, joking aside for a second, we couldn't actually name a club as yeah. because with all the COVID that was tearing through communities and all the pressure that players, fans, communities were under, it's remarkable that we got a spectacle of this quality. It's remarkable it was delivered at all, frankly. And to have named 
a, a club as a catfish would have felt disrespectful. Even even this is a joke, you know, we're joking as an award, but it would have felt disrespectful to, you know, this particular time to like, you know, because th- there's so many stories we don't know about, like yeah. the challenges that teams have undergone. I mean, like you know, Shakhtar Donetsk playing a Champions League game. They'll look back mm-hmm. in history and they'll be like, how did an entire team of Shakhtar, you know, Shakhtar played without an entire first team mm-hmm. beat Real Madrid? Yeah. It's unreal, actually. Like, and we're in such a wild time, a chaotic time. We're not fully processing this. And this entire year, wherever it's recorded, you know, like, you know, like years from now when aliens discover our long lost civilization and they look through our imperial logs, there should be a, an asterisk next to the entire year. Like every time 2020 appears, it should be an asterisk. And that would be like the universal symbol of, of the catfish. Yeah. Like when this, time travel becomes like the norm, yeah, yeah. there'll just be this whole like, why can't we go here? Like, it's like you're pressing a button on the lift and it just won't light up. It's, not, it's, just yeah. like, it's like, no, 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 no. You know, we yeah, don't, we don't okay. fuck with. No, yeah. And you know, we, we say this about this year and this award, but so many people got in touch this year who were going through really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. We went to two podcasts a week and you suggested this and I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things was people going through a lot and you know, we, we know, we, we, we're adults, right? We've been through stuff and we, you know, we're, we've been through the world. We know about these things, but what it really brought home to me was the silent suffering of so many listeners. Mm. And you know, I've said this a thousand times in this podcast and so have you, but this year has been really mean and it's, yeah. it's catfished us in the sense that it's forced us into places of desperation and longing that aren't really us because of the mm. unnatural nature of the, of, the, of the demands it's put on us. And I just want to thank everyone in football who's done their best under all these pressures to go out there and produce the spectacle and the distraction, quite frankly that we all kind of consume and feed off and need and contribute to in our own way. Um, so yeah, shout out to everyone that did their best to stop being 2020 catfish. I mean, you couldn't stop it because it, <laughs> it had its own way, but thank you for trying. Yeah. Thank you for trying. What a year, man. What a year. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on and just wrap up, is there yeah. any other things football wise that happened this year that you want to shout out? Yeah. That didn't fit into the categories? Ansu Fati. Shout out to Ansu Fati. Shout out to Yusufa Makoko. Yeah. Just balling out. Young players just coming in. Joe Rayner, Jude Bellingham. That's for me what's exciting about football, the renewal, right? The renewal. Don't get me wrong. And also I love the old guard, like Max Cruiser coming through and just schooling people. Marta just balling out. Like, you know, Formiga, like you got the young players and the old players at ends of the spectrum just representing. Mm. Lena Oberdorf as well at Wolfsburg stepping in and just coming in and just like running that team after Pop is out with the injury, Ava Payor at Wolfsburg. So I went, there's not a category for like unexpected brilliance. There's not a category, you know, you know, unexpected goals, unexpected, you know, unexpected ballers. There's not a category for that. But if there was, all those players I named and more would be in it. So for me, that was huge. Yeah. I mean, the one person that I think we had, in a, I wish we had an award to accommodate was probably Christine Sinclair. Broke oh, wow. the all-time international goal-scoring record in, Jan- in January now, which seems like it, an eternity ago. She passed Abby Wambach's record to become the all-time men or women's leading international goal-scorer. And that was a real moment. Obviously, Miedemar breaking the Women's Super League record. Yeah. And the work of, I think, the work of a lot of um, ultras groups in Germany during the, the pandemic as well has been unbelievable. They've done so much community work. There have been a number of cases of bad stuff that's happened during the pandemic football-wise, I think, that you know, there have been some really, really amazing things as well. And yeah, man, I mean, it's been a fucking hell of a year. Yeah. Wild, wild. I mean, you kind of mentioned it a little bit before, but like, like you said, to touch on what you said about people have been really going through it this year. I want to say like a, a, a genuine thank you to everyone who has reached out this year. It genuinely does mean a lot. I'm glad that we, get to do this and that seemingly a lot of people connect with it because that's uh, that's important I think you know it's important for us I think it's important for us to know that like you know you kind of dive into a football world and it's actually just like maybe a little bit different in a way I don't know we're just kind of doing this like random broadcasting journey and I'm genuinely surprised and moved by how many people have kind of tuned in and checked it out basically what Moose is trying to say is that he is the Fred of the podcast. 
and he's just oh on God, a journey. On a journey. <laughs> Looking for the blissful confines <laughs> of the dressing room. Take me home. Can I be honest, Ryan? If this, was a, if, this, if this podcast was a football match, I'd be on a permanent yellow. If we're honest. <laughs> You'd be permanently benched. <laughs> oh, dear. oh dear. Okay, well, let's get out of here and into 2021. That's a wrap for the stadios. That's a wrap for this year. We're wrapped for this year. We're done. If you're listening to this before midnight, we hope you have a happy new year. Yep, yep. If you're listening to this after midnight and in 2021, we hope you had a great new year and we hope that this year is way better for all of you and all of us and everyone than it was than last year was. Yep, yep. Because I swear to God, if 2021 wins the 2021 Catfish of the Year Award. Oh my goodness, we're going to go home. Yeah, let's not, let's not tempt fate. Let's not tempt fate. Don't forget, you can check us on Twitter at Stadio, on Instagram at Stadio Football. You can go to theringer.com forward slash soccer. We will be back on the 4th of January as normal. Yes, yes. I think that's all I've got, mate. That's all I've got. <laughs> well, let's play out. Let's play out into the new year with this roller. Vampirella by the system. Out on the great music from Memory Label. Much love, everyone. Thanks again. And we will see you next year. Okay. <laughs>